Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Warriors down eight, Morant has the ball. Down the lane, he goes, bumps into Wiggins, throws it away. Thompson the steal, pull on a foot race, goes up and jammed it with the right hand. <laughs> Now back to 95.7 The Game. I like the chuckle at the end of that call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun part. It's the laughter. It's the joy. It's the joy of what you're going to get, and gonna be a, there's going to be a lot of joy coming up. All right? A lot of joy coming up at uh, Chase Center tonight. Dubs taking on a – hey, listen, they're a good Memphis Grizzlies team. That's not a bad team. All right? That's a good team. But I think things are looking good right now for the Dubs, and uh, we'll figure out how that goes. Hey, one side story before we get into this next segment. Did you see uh, former Dubs coach Mark Jackson interview with the Lakers? I did. I did see that. I so now two West Coast teams discussing uh, their head coaching job with a former Dubs head coach. Yeah. I mean, look, I I thought it would happen eventually, and, and, it, and it finally is. Doesn't mean he'll get either one, but he's got his name back in the hat, and I guess if you're Mark Jackson, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, yeah, it's taken a while, and I know he left here under circumstances that, that you know, some said were questionable, uh, stories about not wanting Jerry West to attend a practice or, um, you know, not getting along with the front office. Mm -hmm. uh, it was an us-against-then mentality. Uh, some people said there was bad blood between the two. But, you know, now might be the time. I would guess the interview with the Lakers means the Kings will panic and overpay Mark Jackson because they feel if the Lakers are talking to him, they must be onto something, and uh, we'll try to steal him away. Um, and so I, I could see Mark Jackson landing in Sacramento. Uh, I don't know if I'd want that. Would you rather coach an aging LeBron, an AD, with a higher expectation, or would you go to Sacramento where you figure you got a couple of years because they're in, in a bad way right now? Well, you, you you can't forget about Bronny Jr. Coes. You got him coming on the way, so he goes to L.A. and and all bets are off. But I yep. mean, good call. The the answer has to be always LeBron, and that and I know 
you know, your your uh, affinity for the Kings, but it's just it's just a t- it's just tough sledding. And at least with LeBron, you well, in theory you'll be in the mix and and obviously the expectations are higher, but if you're Mark Jackson, you don't know how many more chances you're going to get. It took him long enough to get this chance. So you get in there, at least maybe get to the playoffs. That might not be good enough because it's always championship or bust with LeBron. But this is a good opportunity because the bar is so is lower because the, the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs. So you get in and maybe you get to the second round and you, you got to assume AD might go out at some point. And you're like, hey, I got us to the playoffs, right? Hey, let me hang around for a bit. So. I would say those are the reasons right now would be a good situation with the with the Lakers. Different to when Ty, uh, Tyron Lue came in with the Cavs and they were trying to win the championship. He had those expectations and they end up winning because of the Draymond, you know, uh, Draymond getting, you know, not able to the suspension and things like that. We won't get into that on the day like today. But, <laughs> it, was, you know, but it was a younger LeBron also. That's, that's also the other true. Part. That's also you know, true. You know, now you're getting and, – and listen, LeBron goes down as one of the greatest to ever play the game, but you're getting aging LeBron – you're getting Anthony Davis, who couldn't carry New Orleans to the mountain. And by mountaintop, I don't, I don't really mean a championship, but they were never a serious threat right. contender. Um, and whatever ancillary pieces they have, let's not forget, they've got to do a, a, a roster remake because the Westbrook thing didn't work. And so we will see where they go. But for as a, if you're a Dubs fan, don't you want Mark Jackson going to the Lakers because that, that intensifies the rivalry? I would, I would. I think that I think that would be great. I mean, Adam Silver would love it too because there's more yeah. eyes on everything, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, from the nine two five, LeBron has a high turnover rate on coaches. That's true. Nobody, you know what? He is a coach killer, killer. He tried to get rid of Eric Spolstra when he went to Miami. Yeah. So, yep. you know, that's part of his legacy as well. And speaking of legacies, was we look at the Warrior game. Tonight, game three, going up against a Memphis team that has a John Morant, who is one of the new young potential faces of the NBA. I, I think the NBA sees this as someone that you will you can look at, like, and could carry the torch once this current crop of superstars moves on. But the legacy for Steph Curry, where do you see that right now, uh, Styles? Yeah, so definitely, before we get into the legacy stuff real quick, okay. because a, a long... Uh, text came in from the 510 talking about home court is because they win because they're a better team, not because of their home court. That's why they have home court. I'll tell you this, 510. I hear what you're saying, but Bones Highland made three threes in a row in Denver, not not at Golden State. All right. Zaire Williams with his, what was it, four threes. I don't know if that travels to San Francisco. So I hear what you're saying, but it's it's not about the stars. It's about the role players and what they're willing to give. So just wanted to speak on that as well. I see you callers. The lines are on fire. I just wanted to talk about this real quick, Coz, and then we'll get to the callers. Okay. When it comes to Steph's legacy, I saw this tweet from Nick, at Nick NBA analyst, and he basically said, NBA point guards to be compared to Steph. We've been hearing this national media, who's better? This year it's Jar Steph. Right, literally talking about who would you want in the clutch, who is a better player, just just ridiculous things based on what these guys have done in their career so far. And it was really interesting to look at this because we look at Steph as this superstar that just doesn't he doesn't really get the superstar whistle. Maybe I'm biased, but I don't think he gets the superstar whistle that other superstars get. He's just not looked upon the same way in 20. And this is the tweet right here. NBA point guards being compared to Steph in 2017. It was Russ in 2018. It was Kyrie. In 2019, it was Harden. In 2020, it was Dame. In 2021, it was Trey. 
And now in 2022, it's Ja Morant. And that hit home for me so, so well, Coast, because it's so true that I don't know why. And it's interesting. I, I tweeted this a couple days ago. Draymond is the villain, right? He is. Right. But there's something about Steph Curry that people just, if you are not part of Dub Nation, they don't like Steph Curry. And you know why they don't like Steph Curry to me? There's a couple of reasons. Number one, what he does, people feel like they could do. Right. They, they could do, uh, I, you know, he's about the same size as a lot of people that we know, you know, oh, it's 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 almost too relatable in a weird way. When you see Kyrie dancing on people. Wow, that's that's otherworldly. When you see LeBron or John Morant just dunk on people, even Westbrook at that time, it's otherworldly. It's almost like Steph upsets people because he's too normal. Right. But what he does is otherworldly in a normal way, if that makes any sense at all. And people don't like that. And I'll say number two. I think people don't like how nice Steph is. That, that's what I think it is. I think that people think that Steph Curry is that person at work that you think is too nice that it just can't be legitimate, right? He, he's faking it. Nobody is that nice. Nobody really doesn't, you know, want, doesn't want to be the man. And Steph just does it in a different way. When Steph is on the court, he's not a nice guy, right? He's dancing. He's shimmying. He'll let you know. But off the court, he is. And I don't know what it is, Coz, but because of that, everybody that I just named off, they they have a, a, a quote-unquote chip, right? And Steph doesn't really have that chip. And for some reason, that doesn't resonate with non-Warriors fans, and they try to find anybody. Please, let me find the next point guard. And we didn't even mention yeah. CP3. That list didn't even mention CP3. You could just put him on every year, right? There's just right. something about Steph that people do not – if you are not part of Dub Nation, they do not like about him. And it's the funniest thing. He, I said he is the most unique villain we have ever seen. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense from the 925 on John Morant. Morant has the same trajectory as Derrick Rose. Once his speed is no longer elite, beyond belief, they don't have anything special. We'll see how that goes. John Morant's got a number of great years left, and this could be the series that he makes his mark. But I think, Alan, you make an excellent point on – Steph Curry. Let's hit some phone calls, all right? Yeah, let's get to the phones. They are on fire right now. Let's start with Kumar and SF wants to talk dubs, of course. Kumar, how are you doing? You're on with Styles and Coes. Uh, pretty good. I think you made a very good point. This game and this series is not about stars. It's about role players. And there's a lot of talk going about John Morant and Dylan Brooks and, and GP3 and all that stuff. All Leave all that stuff aside. If you ask me, this is the game that Wiggins needs to assert himself a little more offensively. So if the Stars don't shoot that well, he's there to bridge the gap. And I see him as a big factor in this in this game. Yeah. No, that's a great call, Kumar. Thank you for that. I would say this. Andrew Wiggins has been playing his butt off personally. I think that the reason, and we spoke about it earlier, as far as Klay Thompson is concerned, Klay is the guy who needs to step up. Right, I can't really ask too much more of Andrew Wiggins. He's getting the rebounds. He's Andrew Wiggins is just not when he's not going to bail the Warriors out. When when Andrew Wiggins misses a shot at the end of the game, even if it's wide open, and everybody is sitting there screaming, "Dang it, Andrew Wiggins! Why didn't you make that wide open shot?" Really, the Warriors are in that situation because Steph or because Clay has been ice ice baby all game. Right, so it's hard for me to to really be tough on Wiggins right now. If I'm honest, that's fair. I understand it. I think Wiggins is a guy that the Warriors have gotten more out of than Minnesota had ever hoped to get out of. And I think that Minnesota was in a circumstance where they had to pay him the max. It's not Wiggins' fault that he 
was able to get the max, but everyone expects a max player to play otherworldly. He's a really good NBA player. He's not worth max money, but you know what? The Warriors have been able to find a way to make it work, and the Warriors have been able to find a way to squeeze the most juice out of that. I, I think um, I, I'm not questioning Andrew Wiggins now that we're in game three of the playoffs. That's the best thing I can say about it is that there was a time when I would have had a question. I have no question that he's on the floor at key moments because I like what he does. No, I agree. I agree. And again, he he's always kind of been that that target that that everybody goes to. But you cannot look at the big three as far as the three G, the three guards, and and the the boat the buck stops there offensively. And I think defensively, Wiggins is not going to be able to keep up with John Morant. <laughs> but but not a lot of people are. That was G, GP two was supposed to do that. So Steve Kerr will find ways around it. But I am not personally upset with. Uh, how Andrew Wiggins is playing, or Ardo Porter, who no longer seems to be able to shoot because they're doing other things, right? And d- don't get me wrong. When I'm sitting there watching Wiggins airball a bunny, I- I'm still getting upset, but I- you have to get equally upset when Klay Thompson is taking transition runners when he hasn't – two-pointers, mind you, when he hasn't been hitting all day. Let's get out to Oakland, the Raider Debata. Raider Debata, what is Love up? It. You want to talk dubs? Let's go. Absolutely, Al Style Coles, man. Love y'all, man. Love the convo. Thank you. Uh, first off, man, Warriors for show. Warriors by eight tonight, man. I, I see what you're saying, Coles, but how I see it with the Warriors, I see them making the spread or, or definitely uh, hitting the spread, but they le- seem to play down to their competition. And uh, they're much better than the Grizzlies, so I can definitely see them getting up really big and then the Grizzlies making a run here and there. But that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to go on a couple of rants. First off, I'm tired of hearing the small ball, oh, we're a small ball team. We need bigger guys. Memphis will be able to dominate us with their bigger guys. People understand, for one, the fast five lineup. Is that what you called them, Alan, the fast five lineup, which I do like. I, I, that's I like what I called them, and I just – it's just, it's just it's clean, it's quick, it's easy. That's, that's what I'm rocking with. Man, right up on the come up. I love that. I love that. I, the fast five lineup? Do people understand that's the most lethal lineup in the NBA right now? And do people also understand that Jordan Poole is 6'5 in shoes with a 6'7 wingspan? Then you got Clay that has a 6'9 wingspan. Wiggins has a 7-foot wingspan, and Dre has a 7'1 wingspan. So I get, I better, I, I, I guarantee that the Grizzlies don't think that the Warriors are a small team when they have to go up against them when a person like Brandon Clark is only 6'8 and has a 6'8 wingspan. But that's one of the rants. So I don't want to hear the whole big – we're actually a long, small team, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It's much bigger than what people think. And the thing about it, though, the only person – I'm not worried about John and the Pips. I'm not worried about Adams, none of those guys. The only person that can stop us is Steve Kerr because, quite frankly – I'm going to say what nobody else will. And I'm going to say it in my Somali, Captain Phillips, shout out to Captain Phillips, Somalian voice. Jordan Poole, he is the captain now. He is the captain. (laughs) Jordan Poole is averaging 25-26 in this this series. Why is he on the bench? And he's also giving you six assists. And he's also one of the highest as far as only a few that have a high plus minus on the Warriors. And don't say that, oh, the fast five uh, in game two, was a minus 11. Well, guess what? That starting five with Gary Payton with GP2 was also a minus 11. So you wanted to get ruckus in, the, in, in chase? You wanted the fast five lineup to get out there and, and really put it to them? Well, let that happen, and they're going to go yay tone of 500 on them. 
Let me just give you guys some quick stats real quick, and then I'm gone. Ja is going to be Ja. He averages 40 in the series right now. However, in the three road games against Minnesota, he only averaged 15 when he averaged 28 at home. Also, in the six playoff games that Ja has played in right now, in the six playoff road games, his three-point percentage is only 19%. So I guess we know what the actual key to the game is, just to let him shoot threes and don't let him in the hole, you know, boxing one. All right, fellas, man, thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. You know, I'll be honest with you, Alan. I, I'm, I'm not going to be worried if, uh, if Morant goes for 45. No. I am going to be worried if Baines is on his game. I am going to be worried if, if Triple J starts hitting threes out of the corner. Oh, my uh, goodness. And making you, uh, uh, you know, worry a little bit about that. If you get the, the bonus scorer, that's when the trouble's going to occur. No, and Raider Debater, great call, by the way. Great call. He had the stats. He had everything. But I, I will say this. John Morant did have a crazy amount of assists in those road games. He did. So he, yeah. was, he wasn't able to hit himself. But, you know, he was getting other people going. That's what we, we don't really want to see. Real quick, Coz, just got to let the people know, not breaking news, but we do have a final 103 to 101. The Bucks get the Celtics to, uh, you know, get a W in that series. There was a basically Marcus Smart missed the shot at the end of the uh, free throw at the end of the game on purpose. The Celtics got the rebound, tried to do the volleyball put back, put back. They put it back just too late. To wow. tie it up, and now uh, Giannis and the Bucks are up two one in that series. So um, you know, ha- had to. Uh, we got to keep an eye on all this stuff because I don't. We don't want any sweeps, right? We don't want any game fives. We want everybody getting beat up, right? We want every 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 series besides the Warriors series to go long, Coast. You know what? I'm selfish that way. I, I said this the other day. I was working a game at NBC, and I, I want seven games. I'm a seven game, you know, animal, and I think they have the drama. Would be great for us at 95-7 the game. I think to have the drama, to have the people on pins and needles as each game goes by. I, I'm a seven-game guy. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, are, are you a seven-game guy with the Warriors, though? I mean, I mean, it's game seven in Memphis. I, I don't need to see it, right? I oh, I love that. Are I, you oh kidding me? Gosh. I, look, as a basketball fan, be great. As a Warriors fan, l- l- let's just take care of them earlier, all right? L- l- let's just do that. Look, after in the finals – the Warriors will have home court, so that we can go seven. We can go seven then. Let I'm me tell home. you this. I And I said this going back a few years when the Niners had a chance to close out and win the division and have home field advantage in the playoffs, and they and someone said, would you rather they, they close it out and the last two weekends don't mean anything and you get the bye, or would you rather you have to go to week uh, 17 at the time, it was a 16-game season, go to Seattle and win – to get the one seed and I said I would rather they had to win and get the one seed because if week 17 doesn't matter in the first week of the playoffs you don't have to do anything you're really doing nothing for three weeks before you play games and I just don't think that's good and everyone mm-hmm. called me a fool you're yeah. an idiot you don't want that to happen you know what happened in that final game of the season up in Seattle the war uh, the uh, uh, 49ers exercised their demons they had the most exciting play defensively of the year in a year in which they had more exciting plays than any three teams combined. They get the win. They go on to make the uh, playoffs and get into the Super Bowl. I want the dubs in a game seven in Memphis. You better believe we would all be on the edge of the seat for that one. Oh, well, there's no doubt about that. I, I At the beginning of the series, I said Warriors in six, and I think that's a perfect amount. 
right? Wow. It's okay. a perfect amount. You know, if you- it happens, that's good. But I like the excitement. This is entertainment, man. I want entertainment. Four-game sweeps only entertain one city. Seven huh? games, winning on the road, that entertains gazillions. And that's what I want to be with. All right. All right. It's fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yep. Back to Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> fair. I like that. Hey, there is one thing, uh, unless you want to get some callers. I've, I've got something I want to uh, discuss that I think is a bigger NBA issue. Let's hear it. And that's, you know, we heard from Draymond earlier. Draymond, you know, they're going to get flipped off. Uh, it doesn't matter. I can pay for it. Um, Luca leaving the court, getting into a verbal altercation with a fan. Uh, player earlier this year on an NBA team grabbing a phone from a fan and throwing it down. Um, Kyrie flipping off fans. Mm-hmm. The NBA has a fan problem. And mm. the NBA has a disconnect with who their fans are and what they're expecting their fans to do. I think, you know, the NBA is, you know, NBA Twitter, biggest thing in pro sports, right? Everyone talks about it. Twitter is an ugly succubus. And I think that ugly succubus is starting to make its way into the stands and from the court to the stands and from the stands to the court. Yeah. Um, And you do not want to get a circumstance where they have to build a barrier between the, you know, in soccer games, they have a huge fence so that people can't, you know, there, there are some stadiums that have a huge fence. So player or, or, you know, people can't get to the players. You know, they have the first few rows in some countries where you don't even have fans seated there because you don't want them that close to the players. Right. I don't want the NBA to get in that circumstance. And Alan, sometimes I worry. The league is losing touch with the fans, and the fans are starting to lose touch with reality. Well, the the keyboard warriors, as they're called, are now getting converted into, I don't know, some form of real warrior where they think that, you know, they are untouchable. And, and, and to your point, they paid to be there. These guys make millions, and I, I can say and do whatever I want and because I paid, and I'm here to watch you entertain me. And, and they forget that human aspect. That's also why I've always kind of struggled with the fantasy aspect of things, fantasy you know, sports in general, because somebody gets hurt and your first thought isn't necessarily, dang, that sucks. It's more like, well, my points are screwed up now. So I, I think it's all in the same vein of, I guess, forgetting that these guys – are humans, yes, they are very rich humans, but they are still humans per se. As far as the NBA setup, it's tough, Coz, because that's what makes the NBA so unique. And, 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 you know, it is that interaction. You got guys jumping, you know, to catch a loose balls, and they end up in the stands and things like that. So you do love seeing that, but you've seen some ugliness. You've seen LeBron had to kick people out, and LeBron is the one that gets – uh, you know, made fun of because, oh, look at LeBron trying to kick people out. And we don't know, I guess, you know, in that situation, they had talked about their kids, things like that. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter how much money you're getting paid. Everybody has that breaking point. And if you get called, you know, whatever types of bad words over and over again, there might be, a, a, you know, a situation where you just, I'm just tired of it, man. And I don't necessarily know how Adam Silver fixes this because you do love it. But, and it's not just, what they talk about and how they talk, it's also the safety. I mean, you see all the time when drinks get spilled and they're slipping around. It's a, it's, it, it doesn't seem like it's the best situation in general, right? You're running into the photographers and things like that. So I, I don't know. I don't know. And the 925 is already chiming in. Players do realize 
no fans, no league, no bag. Sure, but that doesn't mean you can call me whatever you want to type a bad word over and over again, right? Like, I, uh, two things can be true. I don't think the – everybody says, even the KDs of the world, everybody says, look, if you want to tell me I suck, that's fine, but you continually cross the line, and everywhere I go, you cross the line. Utah has a bad rap, and these places have a bad rap. They're, they're crazies everywhere, just like we talked about – uh, when we had Rob Fisher on earlier, they're crazies everywhere. So there has to be that line. And I don't think you can trust you can trust fans to get there by themselves. The league has to do something to kind of, you know, to to mend this issue. You know, there and there are case by case issues. But when when Russell Westbrook says you can't call me Westbrook, that's disrespectful. And I think general fans says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Westbrook, Westbrick, you get the you. Yeah, I mean, it can't I, be the first yeah. time you heard it. Personally, I was, I, I, yeah. Personally, I was out on that. I, I thought, yeah. come on now, don't give me that. You can't have players. You know, there there are a lot of bad exchanges from player to fan. Listen, when a fan says something wrong to a player, and we saw this in Utah, teams tend to be pretty quick to point it out, get rid of the player, or get rid of the fan, and eliminate their season tickets you can't have players always pointing to fans and claiming things and and you know you can't get too deep into this because it's an ugly scenario but I don't know if there's a respect from player to fan as much as there can be from fan to player we get it fan goes over the line they get pointed out I I think when Nurkic grabs a guy's phone and throws it you know that's just that's not right something has to happen there you, you can't have, you know, LeBron pointing out fans and kicking them out unless it's a, a great reason, you know. And, and I'm not saying there aren't reasons to kick people out. I just think that the, the NBA player is losing track of, that's a gen- generic statement, though, is losing track of who the fan base is. And I think the fan base is pretty pissed off about it. I hope we don't see ugliness tonight. Um, I hope that when they go back to Memphis, some of the words that Draymond Green used which were insightful towards Memphis fans saying, you know, you're idiots for what you were doing and I'm wealthy and I can, you know, I'm going to get over it. I hope that doesn't lead to a Memphis fan doing something stupid. But boy, Adam Silver had better figure it out and he better figure it out quickly because I know fans that are, are they're saying enough with the NBA, enough, enough with the NBA. And we'll see, you know, we're lucky. We get the Golden State Warriors. They're a great team. They're fun to watch. But there are a lot of cities that are hurting right now. You go 90 miles down the road, and not a lot of people uh, knocking themselves over to try to get Kings tickets right now. Yeah. All right, we got to step aside. I'm, I, we've been going on too long about this. Hopefully, all goes well at Chase tonight. And as I said, biggest game for Chase Center that I can think of when we continue the great Jim Barnett. will give us his thoughts on tonight's game. Alan Stiles, Jim Cozumore, we'd love to hear from you. 888-957-9570. You can do it on the text line as well. It's all coming up. A 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Stephen Curry. Dribbling on Clark, handoff, Draymond comes down, lob inside, dunk for Kaminga, just threw it down hard. Now back to 95-7, the game. All right, final half hour with Alan Stiles and Jim Cozumore leading up to the official Warriors pregame show at 4 o'clock. So keep it locked here to 95-7, the game. Your proud home of the Warriors, Tim Roy, on the call tonight starting at 5.30. Let's talk some dubs and do it with a guy who knows the team as well as any and a great, great guy the great Jim Barnett joining us here on 95.7 The Game. JB, how's your Saturday going, my friend? Uh, it's going very well. A little windy out here where I live in the East Bay. But uh, other than that, I didn't take a bike ride today. So uh, getting ready for the game tonight, and I'll be there. How? Uh, let me ask you this. How important are the first, you know, maybe the first five to six minutes of this game just as a tone setter because of the physicality of the first two? How important is this first open stretch of the game for both teams? I think it'd be more important for Memphis. Um, I just think the Warriors are too resilient. Uh, let things like that bother them. Sometimes they play better from adversity. Uh, I don't want to see that, but uh, there, there are a lot of things that have happened in the first two games that I don't think will happen in this game. And uh, this has been this series. It's hard to predict what's going on because I'm just going to read some platitudes about Memphis about how dominant they were this year. They were the number uh, three scoring team, but they're number one in all these categories. Offensive rebounding, rebounding totals, steals, points in the paint, second chance points, fast break points, and blocks per game. They're number one in the league. The Warriors have out-rebounded them in both games. They have got more points in the paint. This team has led Memphis had 57.6 points in the paint this year they've led the league the last three years points in the paint and the warriors beat them 60 points in the paint, 60 to 42 in the last game even though they lost the game and they won the first game points in the paint 56 to 44 it it defies imagination uh and you just can't believe it and so i'm trying to figure out i've got a lot of stats i've written out over a couple of pages and the big thing is the warriors cannot put the ball in the basket from three-point range to me, that's the whole story right there. 
Yeah, Jim, I mean, as they say, it's a make-or-miss league, and right now the Warriors, unfortunately, have not been making the biscuit in the basket. So I guess with GP2 out, is it a given that Jordan Poole just gets inserted into the starting lineup, or could it be some somebody else? I would think they'd go with that, and that lineup has been extremely, you know, efficient this year. And, and by the way, you know, Jordan Poole is, has been – if you said after two games, who would be the leading scorer? Uh, Clay, Curry, Poole, you know. Jordan Poole has 51 points. Stephen Curry has 51 points in the two games. Clay has 27. And, and, and Clay's shot combined 11 of 38 from the field and 5 of 22 from three. I expect him to break out. Um, you know, and I listened to you guys earlier about Stephen Adams. I hope I hope he comes back and plays. I hope they keep leave him out there for a long time because I'd rather see him out on the floor uh, than than Jerry Jackson Jr. Uh, for God's sakes, because that that guy's a tremendous basketball player. But um, if, if they if if they start and and they go that way and and go big and Stephen Adams is out there, I want to see a pick and roll, high pick and roll every time. And if he sinks back in, you're going to be open for a three. And if he comes out, you can go around him because the floor is going to be spread and you can get to the basket and get some easy hoops. I just think uh, it's it's just I think it'll work against them and I think it'll work in favor of the Warriors if Adams is on the floor very long. Jim Barnett joining us on 95.7 The Game. Jim, who would you have guard John Moran or would it be a, a group unit? Well, I would guard, first of all, I guard him a little differently. They're, they're so afraid of him going around him. They've given him, you know, about eight to ten feet of room, standing at the free throw line while he's at the three-point line. And last game he hit his first two, but then he went two of seven after that. Um, so yeah, I want to give him that shot, but I don't want him just to be wide open. I wouldn't make him think about it. And I, I think in order to play him, you, you've got to keep your hands out of the way. Quit trying to steal the ball. Keep your hands down and move your feet and try to stay in front of it. Easier said than done. I understand that. And, and I, you know, he's quick, he's athletic, he can jump over things. How many times did we see him go around people in the lane there, even when they have double team, and he goes by somebody, and all of a sudden he's up and underneath the basket, and he's very, very athletic. He can put it in from there, um, hard to, to do. Uh, you know, at, at, I really wouldn't mind seeing Wiggins on him once in a while, to tell you the truth, because I think he could stay back in there and keep him from getting all the way to the rim, and he's, he can be as physical uh, with him as well. I know he's got quickness on him, but I think you know I think Wiggins might be a, a, a good bet there at times. But uh, you know he's going to get his somewhere or other because he's going to get to the free throw line, and that's another area where the Warriors have got to work a little better to get. Uh, they've got to stop fouling and putting them on the line, and they've got to get to the line themselves. And as I say, if they if they can keep the, the uh, floor spread and you can get inside a little bit, uh, maybe they can change change that. And they haven't been you know. Who shot the most free throws is Wiggins, and he's of all the of all the starters, um, he's the worst free throw shooter out there. Um, I'm trying to think. We, I had all these stats somewhere. Wiggins from the free throw line, uh, four of seven, three of four. You know, Curry two of two, three of three. Cool is uh, Curry's three of four, two. They're not getting to the line. Uh, Clay has yet to make a free throw. He, he missed those two big ones. Although we, we remember he hit the three that put him ahead. In uh, in that game, number one. So, but he's he's only been on the line twice, missed both free throws, and so 
I, I know he's an outside shooter and such, but the Warriors have to play a little bit differently. And I, but I just, I, to me, I like them because they've beaten Memphis in all the categories where Memphis beats you up uh, inside and in all the rebounding categories and all of those things. Um, and so I, I just think they've been off and I think they're going to find it at home here and they're going to find the three point shot from a number of players. And uh, if, if they do that, I don't think there's any stopping them. Yeah, Jim, staying on the track of slowing down Ja Morant, we saw some takes after game two when the Suns just kept putting Luka into, into action and Chris Paul just put on a clinic. Wouldn't you say that the Warriors to this to this point haven't put Ja in enough activity and enough action? I can't even really recall Ja Morant guarding Jordan Poole or Steph Curry. I feel like they got to hunt him out more. He's really just relaxing on defense. And they got I know the Warriors run their offense, but you got to find a way to get Ja. I know he's athletic and he'll probably get a couple you know, block shots, but I feel like defensively they're not making him work hard enough. Are you are you trying to get him in foul trouble, or are you just trying to exploit his defensive? He's not a great. Uh, yeah, I mean, all, all these, yeah. none of these young players are great defenders, and I just I, I can't even recall seeing him, you know, stopping Steph or stopping Jordan Poole because he hasn't been guarding them. I, I understand, and of course they switch a lot. See, that's what you do. Uh, you, you switch all the time, and that's uh, it, you know, it's it's not as easy as going out there and trying to uh, run a certain play, and maybe he switches off and takes a different man in a cer- at certain times if, you're, if the flow of the game is going that way. Um, I don't have an answer for that. Um, and also, I, I think that the Warriors, uh, they've been able to get open shots mm-hmm. and haven't been hitting them. I, I, you know, okay, when you score uh, in, the, in the last game there, 117 points, it's, just, it's all about three-point shooting. Uh, in, in game two, when you go seven to thirty-eight, and and your three three players that you think, uh, um, Curry, Poole, and Clay, they combine six of twenty-nine. Uh, six of thirty is what twenty percent. Um, so, I, I don't know. Uh, as far as Morant, I I'd run the offense. I wouldn't worry about hunting one one individual guy and trying to single him out and slow it down enough where you get the ball into his hands. I want the ball as, as you saw. And we all saw in game one the intensity level, and it was the first five minutes of that game, and there weren't very many, many, many whistles the first five minutes. The Warriors were pushing the tempo, which was I thought was terrific. Draymond was pushing it up the floor, trying to get things going. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, the Grizzlies started playing their game and got more physical. There were a lot of fouls. They want to they muck it up like that. That's what they want. They want to play half-court. If the Warriors have to play half-court ball, it's going to be a long series. And uh, it's, it's going to be tough to even beat them at home if, if they're going to play half court all the time. The Warriors, they've rebounded well, but somehow they haven't gotten out in the fast break as well as you would like. Um, and, and, in fact, uh, the game two, fast break points favored uh, Grizzlies, I believe, in that game, 18-10. Uh, to 10. And so, I, you know, I'd like to see them get easier shots, certainly, and you do that in transition. Uh, and they're rebounding well enough to get out in transition. The Grizzlies have done a good back job getting back uh, and defending there because they want them. They want the Warriors to play half court. There's no question about it. Um, and of course, Dylan Brooks. I know I, I whoever came up with the pseudonym of Dylan Brooks is kind of funny there. Um, <laughs> you know, it, maybe it starts. He went to that University of Oregon. Did they ever produce any good ball players? No, no Jim. That that is where that see that's where it became tough for that guy. 
That's the problem with that guy. It's all those Oregon guys, Jim. Well, you know, we better, I know, we better quickly say before someone turns the radio off and, and that's I, thinks I disparage the University of Oregon. It's my alma mater, obviously. I went <laughs> yes. there four years. So, anyway, but Dylan, you know, I want Dylan Brooks in the game. Last game, Dylan Brooks was three of, let's say, I think three of 14 from the field. No, no, let's see here. What would, no, he, well, he got kicked out over three. Three of 13 in game one. Three of 13, and he shot four air balls. I want him on the floor. I, I don't want Zaire Williams on the floor who can knock down threes. Um, and by the way, I expect uh, Bain to be better uh, on his three-point shot uh, in, in this game as well. Wasn't very good in game two. He can shoot the ball. He can really, really shoot the ball. And he hasn't hurt him uh, in either game, to tell you the truth, uh, this year. And so I'd worry about Bain tonight knocking down threes. Um, and I want, but, I, but I think the Warriors, they're a better three-point shooting team in that, and it's going to come down to that. Uh, there's no way they should be outshot by the Grizzlies from three-point range. Oregon Ducks finest, Jim Barnett, helping us out here at 95-7 the game. All right, we know you got to get out to the uh, to the arena, so we want to let you go. And we appreciate you giving us the insights into the game. It's going to be a fun game three, Jim, so have fun today. It's going to be a great game. And the intensity level, <laughs> when Tim and I were calling the games in Memphis, uh, it, it was just it was electrifying. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I love the playoffs, but uh, we'll see how they handle things tonight. It's a big game. It'll be a good one. I like it. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate it. Have uh, safe Thank travels so getting to the game. See you, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. The great Jim Barnett joining us here on 95.7 The Game. Tim will be on the call tonight. We'll have it for you. They'll tip it at 5.30. Official pregame starting straight up at 4 o'clock. But, Alan, we got to get revved up right now. Yep. This is it. This it's is the, the last. I, I, am, I am jacked. Mm-hmm. I am ready for a Warriors double-digit win because I think they will absolutely stomp the Grizz, after the way the thing went down in Game 2, coming home for what I think is the biggest game in Chase Center history, not Warriors history, but Chase Center history, and I think that they get the job done, and they outdo the – I think the difference now we went from 6.5 to 7. The Warriors win by double figures in this one. This is a game where if you are the Warriors, it is time to to di- re-dig deep. I think that when the playoffs started and they came out hot against the Denver Nuggets – It was okay. We are reminding y'all that this window ain't close to being closed. We're still doing our thing. Then throughout the playoffs, right, throughout that series even, they didn't play as well. This isn't even up to beating the Grizzlies, right, in game one and then ultimately losing in game two. We haven't seen that version of the Warriors since those first couple games against Denver. This is a game where you kind of hit the refresh button, the restart button, and again, remind people of what this is, okay? There is no more conversation about John Morant's going to be a great player. He is not Steph Curry, okay? Desmond Bain is a great player. He is not Klay Thompson. Jordan Poole, they don't have a Jordan Poole. The Raider debater who called in earlier is on the text line now. If Allen Iverson and Reggie Miller was combined, it would be Jordan Poole. And that's pretty spot on. This is a guy who can get to the cup, that can do his thing. you, You need him to stay hot. Clay, take good shots. Draymond, do not turn the ball over. Play your part. Continue to tote that line of being just chippy enough to keep everybody on their toes, but don't go over it. This is a game where when we talk about maturity, when we talk about pedigree, when we talk about championship DNA, this is that game where, look, whether you care about the line or not, you got to get this W. But I will say this. 
the line comes into play because you want it to be convincing. Because the Grizzlies, if it's not convincing, the Grizzlies will sit there and say, look, this was supposed to be their game to blow us out, and we hung with them. So the, the Warriors, this is a game where a win is a win, but there are levels to wins. And the Warriors, they're going to want to make a statement win with this one because they're going to come out. And they're going to give the Grizzlies their best shot. And I don't think the Grizzlies are going to fold at the first one. I really don't. I think that it's going to take multiple body shots, head body, head body, to continue to keep going and eventually wear this Grizzlies team down and just let them know that you you flew here, I grew here. Okay, we've been here, we've done it before, and we're going to do it again. I think that's what this is about for the Warriors, and I think the Grizzlies understand that, but they're not ready. They're not about that action. If I could crop, if I could you know, go ahead and quote Marshawn Lynch. And, and that is what's going to happen tonight. And that is what Coe has been talking about. I don't think it happens straight off the jump. I think that the Warriors are going to have to continue to dig deep. And maybe it's going to be that third quarter flurry that really gets this thing and puts it out of hand. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of what you just had to say. Uh, you mentioned the Raider debater in there. And he, he hit us up on the text line as well with this. Jordan Poole's stats in the series, 55% shooting, 38% threes, 100% at the line. 26 points, 6 assists, he's a plus 12 and plus minus. Why is he not starting? Here's my response to that. The reason he's got those numbers is because he's coming in in the situation that Steve Kerr has him coming in on. If he starts the game, does he get as many looks? Does he get as many opportunities? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think he is what he is, and you keep him in that scenario. You don't mess with what's working, and it's working right now. So that's my view on how you utilize Jordan Poole. Yeah. No. Well, and again, another reason he, he's still closing games, so it can't be that big of one. And that's what matters in the NBA. We're so worried about who's starting and who's not. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're but good. But the thing I've been in the league for 20 stinking years, and I never understood the one league that's like the WWE. You got to get your name called by the big voice PA guy, and that justifies you as a player. If you're on the floor in the last five minutes, that justifies you as a player. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's a yeah, it's a bit of a oh, and we said this earlier. You can have starter minutes and not start. So what's the big deal, right? It's a look that you wanted. They they were playing Looney nine minutes, but he was quote unquote starting. What's what's the big deal? What's the big difference? I would say this. I do think defensively, when you do have Steph and Jordan Poole on the floor as well. Ja, you know, we just had Jim Barnett on. He talked about, you know, the Warriors have that offense and they're not really going to hunt Ja out. I don't even know if, I don't even know if, you know, the, the, the Luka teams of the world, you know, the Ja Morant teams of the world, I don't even know if they have an offense. It's just somebody set a screen for Ja. And when you do have Steph and Jordan Poole on the floor at the same time, he is gonna he is gonna get those screens and get those switches. Now I know Steph has been much better defensively, but specifically Jordan Poole, he he's not there yet. And if he's not having a hot game, it's basically you're essentially a DH hitter, you're a designated hitter that's not hitting, right? So and, and I do think that might be part of it as well. But to your point, to your part, and to your point, just not starting him is not that big of a deal. And we can we're gonna make a big deal out of it because we have to. And now with GP two out, nobody nobody talked about it game one. You know why? Because the Warriors won. And now that they lost, right. and obviously you lose GP2, what's going to happen here? So I think that Jordan Poole does start. I think that you got to go fast five. And you've been out-rebounding with the fast five. And then you bring in the auto porters of the world, you know, to kind of bang and bump and, and get that going as well. But ultimately, we know what this comes down to, Coz. It's a make-or-miss league. You are the Warriors. You shoot 18% from three and turn the ball over 18 times. I do not know if you're beating the Orlando Magic. I don't know. 
I don't know. It just can't happen. I agree. So, I, it can't just can't happen. So that is what it comes down to for me. But I think when it comes to this, oh, who's better than you know who's better than Steph this year? This year is Ja Morant. Cause you know what I want to see. I want to see Steph dance on some people. I want to see Steph. Dra- he doesn't got. He doesn't want to. He doesn't got to drop a fifty burger. But I want to see him over thirty. I want to see him letting Chase Center know. Not not that I'm back because he didn't go anywhere. But I want him to put the league on notice and let you let them know when you try to crown people too early. I'm going to remind you that you are making a mistake. That's what I want to see from Steph Curry today. I want Clay Thompson to play well. I want Jordan Poole to play well. But those rumblings are happening again. And I want Steph to come out and remind everybody just who the heck he is. I, I think that's best. That's the best way to close it out here. We're down to about 40 seconds left in the show. You're off to the Giants game, right, my man? I'm off to the Giants game. Hold on. Let me let me get it out real quick. If you're going to the Giants game, lower bowl 128. That's my section, row 35, seat 10. Come say what's up to your boy. Come All right, say what's sounds up. good. I'm going off to Mass. I'm going to be back in time for the game. I'll be flicking and seeing the Warriors cover for Brian and Chris. Excellent job getting us through the four-hour excursion. Official pregame about to begin. For Alan Styles. I'm Jim Cozumore. Thanks so much for listening in. Keep it going, Dubs fans. This is your proud home of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.